Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Today, I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you. And uh, as promised, uh, baseball is in full swing, uh, which is a good thing uh, for us sports fans. And I want to talk a little bit today about balls and strikes, but not the baseball variety. And I think we're, we might have to get Alex Curie back tomorrow uh, to, to mourn, I think, what is soon going to be the ultimate death of uh, college football. And uh, so we're continuing to monitor that. Uh, you've had the Big Ten uh, hinting loudly that they are out, that they are not going to play college football in the fall, which uh, will send the dominoes uh, reeling. We'll see what happens in the Pac-10 uh, as well as the SEC, those power conferences are really going to drive the day in the end. Uh, but I want to get to uh, where we are politically right now. Obviously, a lot of chatter going on. Uh, the news of the day, everyone is uh, waiting for the shoe to drop and for Joe Biden to choose his vice presidential pick. Uh, most uh, the experts, most of the insiders say it's uh, either Kamala Harris or Susan Rice. Uh, I think if I had to handicap it right now, I would give the advantage to Kamala Harris uh, mostly because Susan Rice has a single word that President Trump loves to use. Uh, he used it throughout the 2016 campaign, and that was Benghazi. And uh, her role in that, I think, would uh, be a major uh, distraction uh, to any kind of Biden campaign. So I do think uh, Kamala Harris has the inside track. As we were mentioning earlier in the program today uh, with uh, Doug Wilkes from the Deseret News, the Democratic National Convention is just exactly one week away. Uh, so we are down the home stretch now. It's not going to be your typical uh, big convention with balloons and uh, lots of horns and sounds and all of those things. It's going to be very virtual. Uh, Joe Biden will not make uh, an appearance there in Milwaukee. Uh, be interesting to see if his vice presidential pick will. We're not sure about that. Uh, and then a week later, on August 24th, the re- it will be the Republicans' turn. The president uh, getting uh, renominated as the party's uh, flag bearer. And again, he will not go there. Uh, he flirted with uh, doing that from the White House, uh, which I think is a big problem. So I think they're they're finding somewhere else uh, for him to do that. But uh, it all really leads to uh, a lot of chatter around party politics. And here we are uh, in the fall. Uh, we're almost to Labor Day. When we get to Labor Day, everything's going to heat up pretty fast as we drive towards that first Tuesday of November. And both the political parties seem to be becoming more and more obsessed with the issue of party loyalty. It really has become the driving force, uh, not just on the national level, but the local level. And both parties are uh, equally at fault for this. Uh, you know, those who are supposed to support and encourage dialogue in the marketplace of ideas, they, they don't. <laughs> in fact, they, they regularly charge those who question the current thinking of the Democrats or the current thinking of the Republicans. Uh, or they they criticize uh, individual members as you know not being loyal to the party. So what is that all about? What is loyalty? Why does it matter? Uh, and what do we do? What do we do in a political system with those pesky people 
who decide that it's actually principles that matter most. That when you put principles ahead of loyalty to party and, and even to those political leaders, uh, those are the questions that the uh, the elites and I think everyday citizens have really got to start grappling with in a major way. A couple quick examples. A few years ago, Dennis Prager, uh, very powerful conservative voice, Prager University, uh, he wrote a piece and he was questioning the, the never-Trumper crowd, the people who were not being loyal to President Trump. And he was taking them to task for not reporting for duty. And he speculated that uh, the, those conservatives who uh, hadn't gotten aboard the Trump train uh, were doing so just because they were petty or prideful or arrogant. Uh, and interesting, flip it over to the left now. Uh, the liberal left is equally dismissive of those uh, who are not joining the Ocasio-Cortez wing of the party or uh, I remember uh, back when President Obama was in town, uh, when he was the uh, in office, uh, those who dared to question uh, his policy or action that he had taken, that, you know, they were kind of driven out of the party uh, by the political elites and the party bosses. So, you know, on the left, you had a lot of calls for lockstep loyalty during the Obama administration. You had the same kind of calls from President Trump and his crew uh, moving forward. And this is where it all breaks down for me. So, again, here we are one week out from the Democratic National Convention, two weeks out from the Republicans. And to me, it's not about the parties. It's about the principles. Uh, And I think uh, Prager's uh, talking of military analogies is just wrong. Uh, We're not fighters going to battle for some general. Uh, We should be promoting principles that lead to human flourishing. Uh, The loyalty is to the ideas. The loyalty should be to the principles, not to a person uh, of either political party. And the reason that's so important is because the framework of our nation is built on principles. It's it's not on people. It's not on political parties. Uh, That's why George Washington believed that no one was irreplaceable. That everyone needed to step down from power, that everyone needed to, to walk away. Uh, and so to me, the, the proper analogy that we should be looking at is, is a baseball analogy. The baseball umpire simply has to look at the balls and strikes and call a ball a ball and call a strike a strike. And regardless of whether the fans are cheering or the fans are jeering, and no matter what the complaints are from the players, the coaches of either team, the umpire has a job to be loyal to the rules of the game and the principles of fair play. So that's the kind of loyalty that we need, uh, not the party stuff. So we shouldn't have the left, you know, applauding when the Obama administration, uh, you know, they were cheering them as if they hit a home run and they hadn't even stepped into the batter's box. Or we shouldn't have the uh, those on the right, you know, declaring victory before President Trump ever makes a pitch. So it's it's the loyalty to the rules of the Constitution. It's the principles of democracy and decency uh, that demands each of us watch, observe, and then declare, like an umpire, what it produced. Because that's the only way we're ever going to hold these elected officials to be accountable. You can't do it if you call something that was thrown in the dirt a strike. Nor can you have a strike go right down the middle of the plate and say that was a ball. Why? Because the Democrats said it or because the Republican leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, said it. Uh, 
Uh, it doesn't work that way. So my feeling is that whether it's President Trump or Congress or the Supreme Court or the Utah legislature or governor or your local representative or mayor, if they promote a principle or a policy that's going to strengthen free markets and bolster civil society, we should get behind that. We should voice support for that. If it's a bad idea, if it's a lousy piece of legislation, doesn't matter who offers it up. If it's bad, we should call it a ball and say that's outside. We should reject it resoundingly. And so what we really need locally and nationally, we need every citizen who can be like a good umpire and simply be willing to call balls and strikes based on reality, not on this false sense of party loyalty. As I said before, we don't pledge our loyalty to a person including the president of the United States, again, regardless of party, the real unquestioned loyalty. uh, If you have that kind of unquestioned loyalty to a member of a political party, even if it's the president, that's wrong. That's foolish. That's fleeting. And so we do have a duty. We have a duty to call balls and strikes. That's what we've got to do. And our duty is to promote and preserve and protect those timeless principles Principles in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, our free enterprise system, loyalty to values and principles, uh, that actually promotes American freedom in our homes, in our houses of worship, in our businesses, in our backyards, in our clubs, in all of our charitable organizations. It's all of that. So we need more members of Congress who can call balls and strikes. We need more citizens of both political parties and everywhere in between to call more. Because being loyal to principle is the only way we can call balls and strikes. And that's the key. Because if we're going to really be free-thinking Americans, it's time to play ball. And the loyalty is to the principles of freedom. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Desert News. Thanks for joining us today. And as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. 